Hello and welcome into today's episode where we will be joining Legacy Church there in Shebbyville, Tennessee, where I will be preaching a word that I pray and I hope blesses your life. I pray it takes you to greater heights in the kingdom. Get ready because I believe God is going to do something special with what you're hearing today. Amen. I'm not going to waste any time today. We're going to jump right into the word and um, we are continuing on in our series kingdom keys and today i come to talk to somebody about faith oh come on i got one person excited for faith i said i came to talk to somebody about faith we're fixing to have an incredible time in the lord and i am excited for what is going to be released today amen amen would you stand for the reading of god's word we are going to jump right into this in Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 46, starting in verse 46. Is this NLT? NLT? Okay, great. Starting in verse 46, and the Bible says this, then they reached Jericho as Jesus and his disciples left town. A large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Tell him to come here. Oh, wouldn't that be incredible to have the master say, come here, son. So they called the blind man and said, cheer up. Come on, he's calling you. Wasn't that the same people that told him to shut up had to come, had to tell him, get up. He's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat. And jumped up and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. Do you know that Jesus is asking us a lot of that same question? God wants to know what you want him or need him to do for you. Do you understand that? We just read it. Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you, son? My rabbi, the blind man, said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. Touch your neighbor and tell him, your faith, your faith, your faith. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Father, over the next couple of moments, I pray that you would help me to preach and teach your word. Father, may the seed of the word today fall on good soil. May it be buried down deep into the hearts of your people today. And may it produce a crop that is 100-fold. And God, we will give you all the glory and all the praise for it. In Jesus' name, and the church said amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. So, as I mentioned, we're still in our series, Kingdom Keys. And I believe this joker is going to take us on into December. As I was studying this week, there's just so much stuff here. And even though we've been on this topic, it's been different every week. Has this been helping 
somebody. I get it if pastor was preaching on the same topic and it was the same message every week, but it's been different. Amen. And so this week we're talking about faith and we're actually discussing a key that unlocks all the other keys. You could probably say maybe I should have started out with this one because it's very, very, very important. And this key will help you unlock all those other things. Amen. Because it takes faith to walk in obedience, the first key. It takes faith to walk in love. It takes faith to tithe. It takes faith to trust God. It takes faith to persevere. It takes faith to believe that you have a legacy and inheritance, which in return unlocks identity. Come on, somebody. It takes faith to bind and to loose. It takes faith to sow and eventually get you to a place of reaping. So faith is a key that unlocks these things in the kingdom, but it also unlocks so much more to us. Y'all hear me say it all the time here at the church. Faith is the currency of heaven. We use paper that's made from trees on the earth as currency, and it allows you to get things that you need. But when you need something that's already finished in heaven and unlock it and bring it into the earth, you're going to need your kingdom key of faith to unlock what is already finished in heaven and bring it into the earth. When Jesus said it is finished, that's what he meant. How many of you know that God is not a man that he should lie? Let God be the truth and every man be a lie. Come on, somebody. So faith is the currency of heaven. If you need God to move on your behalf, just get ready. You need to pull out your spiritual billfold and pay the bill. Heaven. I mean, faith will pull, unlock heaven. Come on. So watch this, though. In order to know what we're talking about here when we talk about faith, you need to know what it is and you need to know what it isn't. So let's start with knowing what it is. Hebrews 11.1 says it like this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. If you skip down to verse 6, it says this, But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So watch this. So in order to have faith for something, it must be something that you can't see. (laughs) And all the people said, amen. You can't have faith for something that you can see. Think about Jesus. He says in John chapter 17, he said, blessed are those who believe upon my message but have not yet seen me. He tells the same thing to doubting Thomas who comes to the disciples. I'm not going to believe unless I see him. And as soon as Thomas sees him, Jesus says, no, but yeah, I'm going to do this for you. But blessed are those who believe but have not seen. So Jesus tells us, the word tells us that you can only have faith for things that are not seen. It is the, it is the substance of things you are hoping and believing God for, but the evidence of them not seen yet, for by it the elders of old gained a good testimony, and without faith it is impossible to please God. How many of you are believing God for something that you have not yet seen? Come on, just wave at me real quick. Come on, most of us in the room, we're believing. Let me help you. It's all of us. You want to know why? Because you ain't seen your salvation yet. Salvation don't even come until he gets here. Sometimes we teach that wrong. 
Your salvation don't even come until you get here. That's why it's the hope of your salvation. Come on. But you cannot have faith for something that you can see. You can only have faith for the substance that is unseen and what you are hoping and believing God for. And watch this. It is impossible. (laughs) Touch your neighbor. Tell them it's impossible. The Bible don't tell you but a few times when something is impossible. But here it uses one of them. And it says it is impossible for you to please your God without having faith and faith can only be obtained by things that you cannot see that you are believing God for. So, we need to be having faith for things that we cannot see. So, let me exegete our text for just a couple of moments. Bartimaeus is a great example of faith here, and I chose this text particularly to show you a few things. So let me just break it down. Jesus is coming into the town where Bartimaeus is, and he hears about Jesus coming, and Jesus begins to pass, and he is a man of faith. So Bartimaeus begins to shout. Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd begins to hush him. Come on, somebody. The crowd begins to shush him. Be quiet. You're a beggar. The master is coming through. The king is coming through. Why are you shouting? That's not dignified. You're supposed to act a certain way when the king is in the room. Come on. You're supposed to act a certain way when you're in the church house. You're supposed to dress a certain way when you're in the church house. But Bartimaeus don't pay no mind. Bartimaeus doesn't pay any attention to the religious folks trying to hush him and shush him. Come on, somebody. Bartimaeus just begins to shout all the more louder. Have you ever been in your life in a season where people just try to tell you to be quiet? People just try to tell you to shh. People just try to tell you to sit down somewhere. Why you believe in God for that? How do you still have faith for that? But I came to tell somebody today, don't shut up. Come on. Don't be quiet. Maybe you need to lift your voice a little bit louder. Lift your shout a little bit louder. Get a crazy dance upon you. Just begin to praise God. Just begin to lift him up. Because even when you can't see it, come on, somebody, he's working. Even when you can't feel it, he's working. God is not a man that he should lie. And so if he said and told you he's going to do it, He's going to do it. Sometimes religious folk want to tell you to shut up and sit down somewhere. Why, why are you yelling? This is church. Look, if I can yell on Saturday night at my TV and about break the joker over Alabama football, I can shout and I can sing and I can dance for Jesus on Sunday. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Come on. Some of y'all going to leave here and you're going to be screaming at your TV like I was last night. Yeah, pastor has some problems and issues too. But come on, if we can do those things on Saturday night and we can go to a ball game and we can yell and we can shout and we can dance and do all those things and look like a dang fool when they score a touchdown, you can do it for King Jesus on Sunday morning. I'm depending on Sundays from now on anyways after that loss last night. We're done. Put a fork in us. It's over. Go Titans. Yeah. They better win today, tonight. Y'all, I'm coming to church on Sunday night. I'm going to just be here at the altar for a little bit. <laughs> Come on, how many of you know when there's a person of faith in the room, the last thing that you can do is tell them to shut up? 
<laughs> oh, come on, somebody. I'm in a room full of some crazy faith people. Because when you tell us to shut up, we just start singing louder. We'll just start shouting louder. We might do a little twirl and we ain't even got no dance. We ain't got a dancing bone in our body. But I came to tell somebody today, when they tell you, just start shouting louder. Start screaming louder. Start believing God for even more than you're already believing him for. Come on, some of y'all don't really understand why we get in here and we get crazy. Some of y'all are looking around like, oh, Lord, what did I just step into? And that's all right. Because you hang around long enough, some of this going to get on you too. Because if you hang around and you serve God long enough, miracles will start to break out in your life. Healings can start to break out in your life. Marriages can be put back together. Lost family members will start coming to the Lord. You'll start seeing them bless your finances. You'll start seeing them pour out peace on your mind. And when God starts working and moving in your life, you're going to get up here and start shucking and bucking too. Come on, somebody. You might start shouting if you, were, if you knew half the stuff that God has delivered folks from in this church. You wouldn't be looking around and talking crazy or looking crazy. You'd probably run a lap for them if you knew what half the folks in this church been through and been delivered from. Come on. Came to tell somebody today, keep believing. Keep shouting. Keep holding on to the promises of God. Keep declaring the works of God in the land of the living because the just shall walk by faith and not by sight. Blind Bartimaeus couldn't even see the miracle that was standing in front of him, but he had some faith. Come on. He had faith because he had heard about Jesus. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He had never even seen Jesus, but he had heard. Who am I talking to in this place? Some of you haven't seen the miracles of God just yet but let me build your faith this morning let you uh, if you ever begin to see a miracle and draw on heaven with your face some of you need a miracle in the room but it's going to take the currency of heaven is there anyone in the room that says I won't shut up come on is there anybody in the room that says I won't be quiet Come on, folks around me are saying that it's impossible. But the Bible says with God, all things are possible. I've got some faith. Come on, there's some faith rising up in me. If he did it for Bartimaeus, he can do it for me. Come on, if he did it for Pastor, he can do it for me. If he did it for Pastor Jay, he can do it for me. Come on, if he did it for my neighbor. Some of y'all just need to shout for your neighbor. Come on, some of you need to build faith for the net one sitting next to you because you don't know what they're going through, but they need faith to rise up. And maybe if they see you with some faith, it'll help rise up their faith. Come on, if he did it for Bartimaeus, he can do it for me. If he did it for pastor, he can do it for me. If he did it for my neighbor, come on, he can do it for me. If he did it in the Bible, he can do it again. Come on, because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He didn't quit being God, y'all. Oh, come on, y'all ain't saying nothing. I said he didn't quit being God. Come on, he didn't quit being a way maker. Come on, he didn't quit being a promise keeper. Come on, he didn't quit be, uh, making way when there was no way. Come on. Jesus, the Bible says in Hebrews 13, 11, 13, some of the heroes in the faith in what's known as the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, it says that they died in faith because they passed before they had seen the promise fulfilled that God had given them. And you want to know what the Bible says about that situation? 
The Bible says that God was glad to not be ashamed of them and created cities for them. Right? God was not ashamed of them and went into a heavenly realm and created a city for them. Those are scriptures that we tend to like just kind of read over because you're just like, what? what? What in the world? God was not ashamed of these men of faith that still had faith and held on to it even as they died because it wound up coming true even though they didn't see it happen. Come on, let me help you wrap your mind around the A.K.A. Moses. God told him, you're going to take these people to the promised land. And he had to stay outside with the people because he kept defending them as they murmured and complained about God. So he saw it, but he didn't get to walk in it. But God still gave him the promise because he got the people to the promised land. That's what God guaranteed him. So he got them there. Come on. Abraham and his descendants being as the sand of the seashore. Abraham never seen that. He died in faith. But it still didn't mean that it didn't come true because he didn't see it. Y'all ain't saying no thing to me this morning. Come on. They died before they saw it, but God didn't lie because it all happened. I'm trying to tell somebody what by saying that it's not always as it looks. Come on. The way it looks sometimes, it's not always that. There's an unseen realm. Come on, somebody. So the second thing in the text I want to show you. And that I noticed was that there was a prophetic sign of faith by Bartimaeus. There was a prophetic sign of faith by Bartimaeus. The people said to him, cheer up. The master is calling you. And Bartimaeus did something. The Bible says that he threw away his garment. He threw away his garment. When he threw off the garment, it was a prophetic act of faith because the garment meant so much to blind Bartimaeus. As a beggar, his identity was tied to his garment. Number one, the blanket represented his prized possession. That blanket, that garment that he covered himself with, it was his prized possession and probably the only thing that he even owned. It was shelter from the elements because he didn't have no house. It was what kept him warm. It was what kept him comfortable. It was actually even his source because blind beggars would lay the blanket on top of them and people would throw the money and the alms into the blanket because he wasn't allowed to touch anybody. So him throwing the cloak and the garment was a prophetic act that I'm throwing off the old me and I don't need this anymore. Blind Bartimaeus says, I'm throwing off the old. He hadn't even received the miracle yet, but he had faith that as soon as he heard Jesus calling his name, he said, I'm taking it off. I'm getting in front of the master. And if I could just get in front of the master, I'm going to get my miracle. Even when I can't see it because he couldn't see, I'm going to get my miracle. Even when I didn't feel like nothing was working out, Jesus has stepped onto the scene and I'm fixing to get my miracle. As a prophetic act, he throws the blanket to the side and says I'm going to get my miracle can I just tell you this prophetic act of the garment being thrown gets Jesus attention that's what gets Jesus attention because he says no longer is my comfortability going to come from this blanket no no longer is it going 
to be my source. Come on. No longer is it going to be the only thing that can keep me comfortable. Y'all ain't saying no thing. No longer is it going to be the thing that I put my faith in. No longer is it going to be the thing that I put my trust in. No, Jesus has stepped onto the scene and I'm going to put my trust in him. I'm going to trust him with my resources. I'm going to trust him with everything that I have. I'm going to push it all to the side and stand before Jesus because I know my life fixing a shift and change how many of you today if you would just throw off your garment in faith come on throw off whatever it is that you cling to that you think you get security from because the master's in the room today and if you'll stand before Jesus in faith the thing that you're believing God for he's getting ready to give it to you if you'll just operate in faith and push everything to the side and say, Jesus, I'm here for you, and I'm giving you my everything. I trust you. I trust you. I believe in you. I trust you, God. Jesus says to him, son, what do you want? He says, I want my sight. He says, I want my sight. No problem, son, it's yours. Go your way. Your faith has made you well. That word well, or some places translated whole, is sozo. Your faith has made you sozo. Your faith has made you sozo. Third thing I want to show you from the text is that his faith healed him. It healed him because he pulled out his key and unlocked what was already finished in heaven and pulled it into the earth. Hence, the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. Faith, oh, Lord Jesus, water everywhere. Faith, faith is what pulled on the healing from heaven. Amen. So there are 11 instances. It says his faith. I got it, mom. It's all good. His faith. Is what here? She was coming to the rescue. I seen her. She started to get that towel out. Boy, she was ready to clean something. Calm down, mama. It's just water. It's just water. <laughs> Matter of fact, let me get some. Why y'all laughing at me? <laughs> Come on. All right. His faith is what Jesus says makes him well. Sozo. There are 11 instances in the Bible where Jesus says, your faith has made you well or it has made you whole using the word sozo. The woman with the issue of blood, y'all remember that, your faith has made you whole. A lot of people teach that that's the only time that that word is used, but that is not accurate. It is whole. He says, your faith has made you well or it has made you whole. The woman with the issue of blood, 10 leopards. And the one that comes back, the one that comes back from the ten lepers, he says, your faith has made you sozo. Blind Bartimaeus, the centurion's faith. Everybody remember the story of the centurion. He comes to him, he says, I'm a man under authority, and I have people under authority as me. Jesus says to him, I ain't, I ain't seen faith like this in all of Israel yet. He says, go home, your faith has made you sozo. The woman with the alabaster jar, come on somebody. The paralytic man whose friend's faith got him there. His friend, his friend's faith. He says, y'all's faith got him to a place of sozo. 
So some of these stories are told twice in the synoptic gospels, and that's why it's 11 times. So what's key in this and what I want to show you is that it's your faith that gets you to sozo. Is it your mama's faith? Come on, talk to me. Is it, is it your mama's faith? Is it, can it be your grandma's faith? Can, 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 can it be your great-grandma's faith? Come on, can it be your friend's faith? Come on. Sozo, your faith, it gets you to a place of sozo. Sozo is a whole nother level of healing. Sozo is a whole nother level of healing. Sozo means saved, healed, set free, and delivered. Sozo means set free, healed, and delivered. Y'all understand there was a lot of people in the Bible that got healed physically, but there was only a few that got sozoed. There was only a few that got sozo. There were a ton of people that got healed physically, but not everybody got healed sozo. Jesus would even get frustrated when people would bring people to him and they didn't have no faith. And he would say, man, I'm just frustrated with y'all. You, oh, you of little faith. How much longer do I got to put up with y'all? And then he'd heal them. He, he'd still heal them, but he would just touch them physically. Sozo, you get healed physically and you get touched spiritually. Come on, when you get sozo, when God, it's your faith that pulls and tugs on the heart of God, and you can get sozoed if you got some faith. Come on, somebody. You can get healed, set free, and delivered, and touched spiritually. Every time Jesus saw faith activated in the individual, they didn't just get the physical healing, but they got sozoed. They got saved. They got set free. They got healed. They got delivered. I'm trying to tell somebody this morning that it's your faith that draws on heaven. It's your faith that gets you past the physical healing and gets you to supernatural things. Supernatural things that can affect not only your physical body, but your spirit. Something that can not only affect the natural, but the supernatural. Something that can not only affect the seen realms, but the unseen realms. Your faith takes you to greater levels. The Bible says that God has given each man a measure of faith, but something transpires when you take that measure and you plant it in the seed and the, or in the soil of your heart because when you take that measure and plant it and God waters it and you water it with the water, Word and you water it with sermons and you water it with praying, then God can begin to bring the increase. And when God begins to bring the increase, that seed will produce a crop. It's your faith. God can get it to a place of your faith if you'll take the measure of faith that he has given you and plant it into the soil of your heart. Watch this. Main key number two is this, that your faith, we've established that it's your faith that gets you to a place of sozo and brings into the supernatural into your situation. And we're talking about faith today. Faith is a kingdom key that unlocks supernatural things into your life. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But you need to know this about your faith too is this, it must be tested. I knew I wasn't going to get many shouts there. 
It has to be tested. Genesis 22. Pull that up on the screen for me, will you? Genesis 22 and verse 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham got called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey, and he took two of his servants with him along with his son Isaac. Did y'all hear, did Abraham start complaining and asking God, hey, hey wait a minute, Lord. You, you gave me this promise. We, we didn't catch none of that. said the next morning, he just got up. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the people in the distance. Or saw the place in the distance, sorry. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little further and we will worship there. And then we will come right back. Then we will come right back. God told him, no, you're sacrificing your son today. But he said, we will come right back. Oh, Jesus. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offerings on Isaac's shoulder. He made his boy carry the wood that he was going to go die on. Wow. Burnt offering on Isaac's shoulder while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Daddy, (laughs) Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, we have the fire and we have the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? He's starting to realize this ain't looking good. (laughs) Oh, here we go. God will provide a sheep. For the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered, and they both walked together. Next verse. When they arrived at the place where God told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Verse 10, and Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. Let me help. He was going to go through with it. Going to go through with it. Because Hebrews even explains it later. It says that Abraham believed God so much that he was going to kill him because he thought God was going to rise him from the dead. At that moment, the angel of the Lord, that's Jesus, by the way. The angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy. He said, stop. (laughs) Do not hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw the ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in the place of his son. Last verse, Abraham named the place Yahweh Yireh, Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use the name as a proverb on the mountain of the Lord. It will be provided. Wow. I want to show you a couple things. There's a few takeaways from this text that I want to give to you. We're almost done. But number one is this, that your faith 
must be tested. Verse 1 says, sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Can I just help you? God wants to know if what you say you have, you actually have. That's why tests come. God wants to see if what you say that you have, if you really have it. Come on. God wants to know if what you say you have is real. James puts it like this. He says, count it all joy, my brothers, when the testing of your faith comes, because the testing of your faith actually produces another kingdom key that we talked about a couple weeks ago, perseverance. So it's the testing of your faith that God uses to develop perseverance. And we also know that perseverance unlocks high levels of character. And with high levels of character, God will show you things that he don't show everybody else. Amen. Do y'all remember that? So your faith has to be tested for the testing of your faith. You want to know what this is about? God's trying to get you better. Is anybody else done with being mediocre? Come on. Like, come on. God is wanting to raise up a generation and God is wanting to raise up an army of his people that will embrace the testing. Come on. That will embrace the trial. That will embrace the hard season. That will embrace the drought and say, God, this is just a test and I will not be found wavering. Come on. I will not be tossed and turned by every wave and wind of doctrine or every circumstance, but that God, I will embrace the testing of my faith and I will stand firm in the Lord and God, you have me coming out better on the other end of this. Your faith has to be tested. If Abraham didn't get out of it, you ain't either. <laughs> Abraham was God's friend, y'all. Moses was God's friend, y'all. Look, if they had to be tested, you got to be tested. But it's for your benefit. Because watch this, if God ever finds out that you're real about him, if God ever finds out that you truly do love him, come on somebody, if God ever finds out that you will not be pushed by the storm, that you won't waver in a society that's living crazy and you're still going to go after holiness and you're still going to go after righteousness and you're still trying to live your life like Jesus did, filled with love, compassion, mercy, come on, if God ever finds out about you, that he can trust you, get ready. Get ready. Build your barn because blessings are coming. Number two, don't question it when God tests you. And all the people said amen. amen. <laughs> Y'all heard me say it a minute ago. Abraham isn't complaining about what God asked him to do. The Bible says he got up early the next morning. And packs his stuff, tells his son to get up, it's time to go, takes two servants with him and says, we're out of here, we're going. God done told me to do something. You know, this is also not the first time that he's done this. God tells him in the beginning of Genesis, he tells him, all right, son, I need you to pack up all your stuff, leave the land that you are from. He was actually a moon worshiper. Did you know that too? And God spoke to him and it was counted faith for Abraham for him to get up and go where God had told him to go without questioning and leave everything behind. Sound familiar? Jesus says, if you want to gain your life, you got to lose it. So we can't question the test that God gives us. Abraham passed both tests, and the Bible says that it's counted to him as righteousness. 
God tells him to leave everything and go to the land that I show you. And guess what? Abraham don't talk back, y'all. How many of you got kids in the house? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Back talking. Come on. But Abraham don't back talk God. We need to become a people that quit back talking God. Can I just say that? God asks you to do something and yet the whole time we're doing it, we're complaining while we're doing it. Or we just don't do it. Come on. We need to be a people that stops back talking God and just does what he says. Can I get an amen? Amen. Bible says he got up the next morning and went. Number three here is that faith is an act of worship. Faith is an act of worship. Verse five, Abraham says, y'all stay here. Me and my boy, we're going to worship. We're going to work. Sacrifice is worship. Obedience is worship. Faith is worship. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Number four, faith says that God will provide even when you can't see it. Come on, verse 8, Isaac asked, Dad, where's the lamb? Abraham looks over at him and says, Son, don't worry about it. God's going to provide. Come on, Abraham can't see it, but he believes it, which is the literal definition of faith according to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. It is the substance of things hoped for, but the things that you have not yet seen. Abraham has this revelation and he has this hope and he has this trust that when God tells him something, it will come to fruition no matter what the circumstances are or what he sees going on around him. Abraham has a revelation that God is not a liar and when God says something, it will come to pass and it will be true. So Abraham steps onto the scene of this situation and he says, no, son, don't worry about it. God will provide. What are you trying to say, pastor? I'm trying to tell you that when you have faith, you can help the next generation begin to have some faith rise up in them too, because Isaac becomes a man of faith after he gets up off that altar and he realizes that God is Jehovah Jireh. I'm going to get to that here in a second. But Abraham can't see it, but he believes it. It's the literal definition of faith. Can I just help you all and encourage you this morning? Even when you can't see God working, he's working. Even when you don't feel it, he's working. God is not a man that he gets tired. Jesus got tired while he was on the earth because he was wrapped in flesh that was mortal. But the Bible says that he has put on immortality. Come on. He has been given his new glorified body. He might have got tired and was taking a nap in the boat, but he ain't napping no more. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, wrapped in light, unapproachable, majestic light. And guess what he's doing? He ain't just sitting there basking in his glory. The Bible says that he's interceding on our behalf. That means he's praying for you and he's praying for me. God ain't tired on you. Number five, testing of your faith shows whether you fear the Lord or not. The testing of your faith shows God whether you actually fear him or not. That's a kingdom key that we're going to get to here in the next couple of weeks. The fear of the Lord. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge. This is something that our society and our world has lost and is lacking. With no fear of the Lord, it's impossible to tap into heaven. That was one of the sevenfold spirits that was on the Messiah, that he walked in the fear of the Lord. Because of the fear of the Lord and knowing what disobedience will birth in his life, it gets Abraham to a place of faith. 
Because he knows what happens when he doubts God. He births Ishmael's. Abraham knows what happens when he doubts God. He begins to birth things that God never authorized. Hence, we get to the beginning of the chapter and he reminds him, your son, your only son. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Do you understand the fact of, uh, this ain't even on my notes, but somebody got to hear this. The fact that Abraham birthed Ishmael was still pretty crazy. He was 80-something years old when it happened. It was super, but it wasn't supernatural. (laughs) It was super what he did at 80. See, you could do some super things without God, but you can't do nothing supernatural without God. You could do some cool things. You could do some neat things. But I wonder, is there anybody in the house that says, I want to do extraordinary things. I want to do supernatural things. I want to do kingdom things. Abraham knows what happens when you doubt God. You birth Ishmael's. Meaning that you birth things that he doesn't authorize. And when you are birthing things that God doesn't authorize... He no longer recognizes it. He no longer recognizes it. Go take your son, your only son, and take him to Mount Moriah. He doesn't even recognize the thing that Abraham bursts in his rebellion to what God has called him to do, which is operate in faith and get to a place of birthing the supernatural thing, which is Isaac. We can't, your destiny can't afford for you to be out here birthing Ishmael's. Come on, your purpose can't afford for you to be out here getting out of the will of God and not operating in faith and standing firm on the thing that he's told you to, whether it takes 25 years, whether it takes 30 years or whatever. I talked about it in Sowing and Reaping last week. We in Christianity, because we live in a microwave generation, we want to plant seed and get a harvest tomorrow. God told Abraham at 75 years old, I'm going to make you the father of many nations and you're going to have a son and you're going to, you and Sarah are going to have a child And it takes 25 years to come to fruition. But God made it happen. Amen. Amen. So Abraham knows what it's like to birth things in doubt. And it brings about contention in the camp. And Ishmael and his mother get sent out of the camp because they are contending against what is God's original intent. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you would like to support the ministry of the Recovery to Recovered podcast, you could go to canvashebbyville.com or bethebushministries.com. If you're enjoying the content that you are receiving here on the show, you can also follow me on social media on TikTok at Pastor Caleb Mack, as well as Instagram, Pastor Caleb Mack, and on Facebook under Caleb McCall. Be blessed. Until next time on the Recovery to Recovered podcast.